Abandon fear and trust yourself Open up to all life's wealth Tap into a sixth sense with intuitive intelligence. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Intuitive Intelligence Podcast. I am your host. I'm alone today. It's Bernadette Gold. Angela is not joining us today as co-host, but I'm bringing on a special guest, Andres Ruiz. Um, we're going to start with our opening prayer, and then I'm going to let him tell you guys a little bit about what he is about and what his mission is. So let's just jump right in. So if you guys will join me in the opening prayer, Heavenly Father, Mother God, give us the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and a heart to understand all you wish us to know. Give us wisdom to know how to co-create a life of love, joy, and compassion for ourselves and others. Amen. Amen. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love so this. tell everybody who you are, what you're about, what's your mission. I love what you do, so I want them to hear it from you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. I'm really excited, you know, what we're going to create today. And uh, a little bit about myself. I am a motivational speaker and a coach. And really, my, my purpose, uh, I found out, was uh, to make it people's lives better by helping them create that vision that they desire, like and taking their life to the next level so that they can pursue their goals and dreams and then ultimately find their life's purpose. Because I really, truly believe that we all have a purpose. We all have a gift that we can give to others. And uh, that's that's my thing. Like, I just like inspiring others, connecting with like minded people like yourself, being around positive people always encouraging people and, you know, just making other people's lives better. Because I really believe when you make other people's lives better, the return that you get, and I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about the appreciation and the gratitude that you get. Oh, man, it is so powerful. Uh, I get goosebumps just even thinking about like the people that I've served and that have told me that they love me, that they are grateful. Um, I can go on and on about uh, the people that I've been able to serve. I'm just so grateful to serve uh, also youth. I speak to a lot of youth and I give presentations about like my depression, my anxiety, and I tell them my story. And because if they're dealing with some type of depression, then I'm here to help them so I can save their lives uh, by just telling my story can really impact somebody's life. So that's just a little bit about myself, what I do, what I'm about. Uh, I hope that answers your question. And I think it's amazing. So one of the reasons um, I really wanted to feature Andres, am I saying your name right? I'm horrible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to introduce him to all of you is because of the youth, because I have a big heart for reaching out to the youth. Um, and he has some some very important messages and some programs that are getting ready to come out too um, regarding parenting. And we talked about that um, for young men. And you're bilingual, yeah, mm -hmm. as well. So you you also serve the the Latino and Hispanic communities, which I think again much needed, very much needed at yeah. this time, and and for men to be a mentor to other men, I think is way more powerful than anything. Mm -hmm. so thanks for showing up in your gifts and being a light. You know, you're what I call a light bringer. You know, we don't go looking for the light. We bring it wherever we go. Mm -hmm. 
right? Yes, yes. So yeah, we were gonna talk, just kind of have a conversation because you do help people kind of break through some things, right? Uh, And and one of the biggest things that people experience that keeps them stuck is fear. Yep. So what would you say about that? Because I know you've been dealing with it with your clients as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I also deal with it. So I I also coach a a high school. I'm their life coach. And so they brought me in. They, they They were thinking about bringing in a counselor or something like that, but they ended up bringing a life coach. And so I am there to serve them. During this pandemic, this COVID thing that's going on, I've been able to serve them so that they can just be more at ease because there is a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear about what the future is going to, what's going to happen in the future. We're, we're looking at Facebook and right now social media. I love social media, but I, I, it's a tool. I use it as a tool. Some people use it as a getaway, like to get away from reality, to get away. But then what happens is that that social media turns into their reality. And that's, they take it, they, they look at it. Some of these kids have told me that they see something uh, about COVID. They're thinking that they're going to get COVID, that they're going to die. They see something, an earthquake or some type of natural disaster happens, end of the world. And I, I pretty much express to them, you know, I've, I've, I, I've done, I've been there, you know, I've, I've, I remember I used to wake up in the mornings, go sit on the toilet, CNN.com first thing. That's what I would have for breakfast. And I would freak out. I would think, oh, my God, there was a shooting at a theater. So if there's a shooting at the theater. We're thinking about going to the fair. Maybe we shouldn't go because what if I get shot? And uh, and then I would prevent myself from having experiences because of fear. And so now with this pandemic, what's happening is there's a lot of people who are isolating and who are. And another thing that's happening is there's no trust anymore. And there's there's a lot of reasons why we can get into it. That's a long story. But there's no trust, even with COVID there people. And it's, it's sometimes uh, pretty sad how sometimes you see people that they're distancing from each other. And I know we're doing it to take care of ourselves with family and all that, but it almost feels like you're being rejected in a way I, I've heard this where people feel like they're almost being rejected because they can't hug anymore. Like they used to, they can't say hi. And when, when a teenager is thinking that way, just think about that, that brain is not really fully developed they're thinking, oh my God, like they, it feels bad to, to be, well, we can't touch or anything. Like, you know, you have to stay away. This is what's going on. And it's, it's, it's just something that I think is just growing even more. Uh, kids on in school, they're telling me I'm spending eight to nine hours a day on my phone. Some of them have told me they're spending 12 hours a day on their phone. I'm like, how do you do that? And they're like, well, I just put sheets over my head and you know, nobody knows I'm watching this. And just think about that amygdala is going like fight, flight, or freeze all day. That's their reality. They're scared. They're comparing themselves. They envy people. Am I, am I talking about kids? Actually, am I, adults do this too. We well, do this. I think kids are just kind of, or adults are just kind of grown up kids. And not always grown up. They're just kids. We're all just kids, you know, no matter mm-hmm. our physical age. So, yeah, you're talking about everybody. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 a kid too. Sometimes I'll get I'll get mulo. That's what we say in Spanish, you know. And and then you're like you're and I'm thinking, well, I'm a grown ass man. Like, what? Why am I? Why am I acting this way? You know. And I, so that's why you have to sit in your crap and ask yourself, why am I acting this way with my wife? Why am I acting this way with my kids? Sometimes I'll, I'll almost be fighting with my kids, and I'm like, wait, wait, 
they're six and you're you're a grown ass man. Like I, see, I think this is a, you know, I actually think this is an amazing time. Um, and you and I don't know each other very well. We met through a networking thing and, and yeah. not, but um, this COVID lifestyle, which I like to call a lifestyle yeah. right now where we're, we're at home and we're working at home and, you know, we don't, we only leave for essentials. This has been my life since 2000 because that's how spirit placed me, pulled me out of the fray of living in San Diego, out of corporate and into the middle of nowhere, literally into the middle of nowhere in a little town called Ignacio, Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there was nowhere for miles. Like it took me 45 minutes to get to the closest grocery store. So wow. there was nothing. Um, and I lived that way and raised my kids that way for 18 years, a long time. But in that time, they did it to get me out of the normal like distraction mode. You know, when you live in the middle of nowhere and you have crappy internet, you suddenly have time to study. You have time to meditate. You have time to pray. You have time to look at nature, right? You you have time finally to learn who you are. And that's a scary thing for a lot of people. So to me, right, like I look at this time and I think how freaking exciting for you that you get to do what I got to do for 18 years that changed my entire life. When I finally stopped resisting and just accepted, this is your life right now and there's a purpose for it. Like you get to find out who you are. You get to really kind of connect on levels you never did before because you don't have the distractions of the movies and the bowling alley and Chuck E. Cheese and mm -hmm. restaurants and bars, right? And parties yeah. and you don't. So wow. to me, like I look at this time and I think how blessed you people are. Mm -hmm. Just my opinion. Yeah, I love that. I lo love what you're saying because it's true. You get to know yourself even more. I thought I knew myself before this happened, but now I'm getting to know myself even more. Uh, and and to be able to express myself even to myself is very powerful. Like this morning, I actually I actually cried because I, I had a uh, I had a moment thinking about my my mom and my grandfather. I had a dream about my grandmother who already passed away. She was an amazing soul. She would, she was the type of person who would give, even though she had very little, she would go up in Mexico to the, the houses of uh, the, the cardboard houses and she would go give them food. She would go to women's homes and bathe women. She didn't even know. She oh. would like, oh my God, she, she was amazing soul. And I remember the day that she passed away when we went to her funeral, we saw a lot of people we didn't even know. We're like, who are these people? And they said how she was of service to them. And, you know, they, they never forgot her. And what's crazy is that she wasn't even living in Mexico anymore. And somehow the word got out that she passed away. And a lot of people found out in the neighborhoods and they attended her funeral. It was like so many people. I said, who are these people? I don't even know these. I mean, I know my family, my uncle, my uncles and all this stuff, but who are these people? And a lot of people said like your grandmother served these people. And that was just so touching. And yeah, so she was just such an inspiration. So I had a, I had a dream about her and my grandfather and all that. And I, I told him, I asked myself, God, there's like, there's like something in here that, that is bothering me. 
And uh, it was because I, I've been going, going so much that I haven't been spending time with my, like my mom and my grandfather. In that moment, I sent a message to my mom and I said, hey, uh, let's get together for some lunch. And she said, yeah, let's do that. And then let's go visit my grandfather. My grandfather, he's 84. Dude, he's like a strong man, just so strong still, going strong. And I, it was it was like I was missing my mom and, and, my, and my grandfather. And I, I, I cried a little bit. Uh, I even had a session before this with with uh, with my coach, and I cried with her too. And it felt good to just cry and get that crap out of there. Uh, it's not crap, but it's just good stuff to let let it go. And so you can grow, man. And that's that's I think that if we suppress all these emotions, we get stuck in fear even more. Because I've seen a lot of grown men that will be talking, and they they start saying, "Yeah, you know, I remember that time that." <clears throat> Yeah, you know, and it was it was tough, you know, it was this it, it dude, it's, hard, bro. it's all right, man. You're gonna cry. I saw I saw you were gonna cry, you know, it's okay. But they suppress that emotion, and then you see this man that has heart disease, diabetes, and then they wonder why they're so sick. And they're 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 saying to themselves, you know, I haven't really done a lot of bad stuff that would make me this sick. Yeah, you have. You've been suppressing a lot of that stuff, you've been wearing this mask for so many years, suppressing all these emotions. And if you never express yourself, you know, be yourself and really fully show who you are, your kids are going to follow the same thing. Um, like my kids, I remember when my my uh, my uh, cousin passed away and we were at the funeral and then I was crying. I was crying. And then my son was like this and he's like, It's like he's looking at me and I saw him that he saw me. And then later on, he's like, hey, dad, I want to tell you something. What? Uh, I saw you crying. Then he's like, why were you crying? And I said, well, because my my cousin died and I was really sad. Yeah. Oh, OK. He's seen me cry a few times. But this generation, I mean, honestly, is the the generation that we're in right now for men and women to learn how to be safe in, in crying and facing their fears because you can't, you can't break through that stuff, right? If you don't express it, if you're constantly repressing it. You're gonna suffer. You're, I, I, I suffered for many years. When I was in my mid twenties, I kept a lot of stuff inside. And when I would cry, shit, I would cry, man. I would really just- Why do you think men are so afraid of crying? Well, because for me personally, I, I didn't want to be seen as like a, a, I'll keep it PG. I didn't want to be seen as a, you know, like a, like a punk. I guess we'll call it punk. You don't have to be PG. Okay. So yeah, I didn't want to be seen as a pussy. Like that's what they would always say. Like, oh man, you're such a pussy. Don't cry, man. Like, and I remember that even in relationship, when I would get really sad, I would keep it to myself. So this is the story that I tell a lot of people when, when I, um, when I tell my my story about in high school, so in high school, I was dating a girl. We were uh, 13. We were already having sexual relations, you know, and we were up until like 16, 17. She broke up with me and I was like really devastated. I was like, no, no, this can't be happening. I didn't know how to deal with it. Come on. I was like this, this booger, you know, like a kid just having sex already at 13. Like, come on. And then uh, and then after that, when she broke up with me, I was like crying one time. And then my dad saw me crying. He's like, hey. Don't be, don't be crying. Like, come on, Andres. Like, stop. Like, he was even embarrassed for me. And I said, oh, shit. Like, I, will, I won't cry anymore, I guess, in front of him. 
And so I wasn't eating right. I wasn't sleeping. I was hallucinating. Like I was really losing my mind. And so I would keep my, to myself in my room locked up, just thinking about what happened. And, uh, it was, and it was during summertime too, which was even worse. So I really wasn't seeing a lot of my friends, but when we would have like family gatherings and stuff like, and I was like, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Like wearing the mask, like a lot of men do. And then once that, once I would go to bed or whatever, I would take off the mask and just cry and be really sad, depress a lot of the emotions. And then, uh, I started having like suicidal thoughts. I was cutting myself. I was, uh, I was, I felt like I didn't have anybody that I could talk to because when we were growing up, we we're always told, don't be telling people what's going on with our lives. Because if you tell your aunt something, she's going to talk, she's going to say something about you. So I said, I better not tell anybody because I don't want to be embarrassing. I don't want to be embarrassing my family. Therapist, that would never happen. I'd rather die than go to a therapist. There's a lot of stigma behind uh, mental health. And that's the reason why a lot of people, they don't come out and say, I have a problem. But then what happens is you suppress so many emotions. You get to your mid-20s, you start drinking, you start doing cocaine. That's what I was doing. I was drinking, doing cocaine, uh, almost ODing on coke at one point. I was also taking pills while I was drinking alcohol. They call them rochas from Mexico. Get all fucked up. And and then I was also eating a lot of unhealthy foods. And I was weighing 265, even more depressed because of my physique. And then on top of it. Okay, uh, wait. Before you keep going. Because you guys can't see them in podcast land. How much do you weigh now? I Right now I weigh 185. I had to say that. Because I know people are that are listening on podcasts, they do, they can't see you. Oh, okay. Amazing shape. Like I watch your videos and you're in amazing shape. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's hey, this is my, this is the only body that I will have. I have to take care of it. I, I, uh, I drink my juices. I fast. I work out every single day because the workout, that's another, so a tip workout, that shit will eliminate fear. I guarantee it. You know, if you're feeling down, do a five minute Tabata or, or, or 20 minutes of just in, intense cardio. I guarantee you that fear out of here. And uh, so do that. And, and it's just it's just so powerful to to be able to wake up and just feel excited about the day. Like I'm excited about every day. Maybe not today as much, but I I made it work like I, I, I pump myself up. You have to you are your your biggest cheerleader. And if you're not cheering yourself on, then, you know, nobody's going to do it for you. You I have a coach and, and you know, she helps me. And, uh, and, uh, she's, she's an incredible woman. Like she, whoo, man, she's very powerful. Uh, she, she's just like, uh, an amazing woman that just has inspired me so much to take my life to the next level. But, uh, for me during that time, I was suppressing a lot of emotions and I was feeling really, I know I was depressed, anxious. And, uh, but when I found out I was going to have a baby that changed my life forever, I got on a diet, started exercising, even won a weight loss competition, won about 400 bucks. Wow. And, uh, and then I lost all that weight and I felt better, but I was still sad. I was still suppressing a lot of emotions and I was still stuck in fear. And why? Because I didn't have a vision. I didn't have clarity as to what exactly I wanted to do with my life. And because I didn't have clarity, I was bored. I was still doing drugs you know, drinking alcohol and all this stuff. But then when I heard Les Brown speak one time, that just like shifted my mindset forever. He said, many people will leave the universe without a trace and under their name, you can put not used up. And I said, damn, that is me. After that, started listening to more motivational audios, inspired me to do something that I've been wanting to do since I was 12, which was stand-up comedy. And uh, stand-up comedy, it, uh, it was amazing. I would go to the comedy club and I remember I put on my headset 
you know, you, you got to be hungry. It's possible. I would listen to Les Brown. He was the only one that was motivating me at the time. It's possible. And I would go to the comedy club and I would bomb and I would really suck at it. But I, I kept going. I kept going. And uh, then I joined Toastmasters. Toastmasters inspired me to be a motivational speaker. After being a motivational speaker, I then had people ask me, hey, how did you do it? How did you follow your goals? And I said, you know what, maybe maybe I could be a coach. And that's when I started coaching. And then that was that was that. That's so that's that was my journey. You know, my struggle honestly has been a blessing. I'm very grateful for my struggle. I I, I embrace my struggle and I I I speak it with with power, with conviction. Before I was very scared about what people might think or say about me. But one day I remember I was going to give a speech in front of 500 kids. And then I was talking to my coach and I was like, man, I'm shitting bricks. Like I'm scared because I'm going to speak to a lot of kids and I know they're probably going to be judging me. You know how kids are and making all the excuses, you know, just bitching, bitching, bitching. And then he said, you know what? It's very selfish of you that you're just thinking about your fears and not thinking about who you're going to serve. And I said, Ooh, amen. Amen to that. Yes. And you know what's crazy about that is that when I got there, uh, I, I gave my speech and all that. And then when I was walking away, uh, when we were leaving, there was a girl that came up and she said, hey, you know, real quick, like, I want to talk to you. Like, thank you so much for the speech. Uh, it was very inspiring. I've been to eight psychiatric homes, five different foster homes, and uh, my family's in Michigan. And tomorrow I was going to commit suicide. Uh-huh. And then she said, but because you came here, like, I want to talk to somebody because I, now I know that I'm not alone. So she thought that she was alone. And there's a great quote by, by um, uh, I think it's Mark Twain that he says, the two most important days of your life is the day that you were born and the day you found out why. And that day I really found out why I was born. Like I, I really truly believe that, ooh, that, and, and to this day, we, I still get stuff like that, you know? And I mean, I get emotional just thinking about it right now because I was reliving that moment. That's the power of the mind, huh? You relive yeah. that moment. And you're like, whoa. And so I, I've just had so many people, they I feel really blessed, honestly. Like I'm so grateful to be able to to serve and to just be there for somebody. Hey, you know, I got your back, man. Like, you know, reach out. You're not alone. You can reach out to me. I got your back. You know, even if it's just a text saying, Hey, Andres, I'm having a shitty day. Well, let's 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 brine that day up. You know, let's get this shit out of the way and let's make it a good day. So it's yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I have a lot of people that listen to me um, and to this podcast that are entrepreneurs, coaches, you know, business people in leadership roles. And um, this, the topic of fear comes up every time, right? When doing sessions with them. Um, so the question then for you that I have, because everyone has a different answer what was it about or what did you do about your fear what what did you do to have because it, it's not like fear disappears oh no have the fear and then somewhere there you make a decision you say something to yourself to break through and you do it anyways so what was that for you yeah no he's, he's sitting right here he's, he's, you want to talk to him i'm just kidding <laughs> no uh no fear so for me it was just repetition, like doing it over and over. Like for example, with public speaking, I would just do it and just do it over and over and over again. And then of course, learn how to just overcome it. I would, in the shower, I'd be, I'd be talking 
you know, hey, you got to be hungry. You got to be an amazing uh, human being. And I would give my speeches out loud and it would give me more confidence. Another thing that I do is like in the mornings, I wake up and I do incantations where I, I say out loud, you know, I am uh, I'm I'm courageous. I'm bold. I'm powerful. I believe in myself. I love myself. And I do it in a like this. Like I, I say it out loud, like I with conviction, like I'm a badass. I'm, a, I'm an amazing. And then I just go in and, you know, I just go step up, step up. boom. Like I, I move in a way that shows confidence. And I've done it for like uh, quite some time now where I, I go out and I'm just like, whoo, I'm a badass. And uh, not in a macho way, but just I, I, I'm doing it in a way where. I'm instilling the confidence in myself. Of course, coaching helps out a lot too. My coach uh, helps me out. She's, like I said, you know, she's she's true. She's tremendous. She's she's really good, and uh, that helps me out a lot. Another thing that I do is my morning ritual, and I actually have my book. It's called Morning Warrior Secrets. That uh, it it has helped me out a lot. Like I'll wake up, I'll do my affirmations. I say it's going to be a great day. I watch my words. I watch the way that I speak to myself. I speak to myself in a great way. I have self-compassion for myself. Uh, the other day I dropped some papers and then I said, it's okay. It was a big pile of papers. And I was thinking, hey, it's okay, Andres. We all make mistakes. It's okay. If you would have seen me, you would have been like, is this guy crazy? But I had to talk to myself because I was about to react. And then I called myself and I said, it's okay, Andres. You're going to be all right. Pick it up. You'll be okay. Picked up all the papers. Mm-hmm. Taking a deep breath, put him back. Cool, that's it. And and uh, just to have that self compassion, not beat yourself up. Oh, you idiot! That that word creates a thought, and those thoughts and an energy. <laughs> yes, yes. And so we have to watch our words, and we have to watch our words with our kids as well, too, because they're watching. You know, they're always watching. And my eight year old, he's like, he'll tell me, "Ooh, mom, daddy said fuck." like dude you said it and then he said mommy daddy did you hear him like he said fuck i'm okay okay all right he keeps saying you just want to say fuck but it's cool but but they 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 watch you they're always watching you and what you do and what you say they will they will mimic that so programming them you're programming them on how to handle or not handle life yes yeah, and it's it's not hey, it's not easy. It is a challenge, but the more that we do the work on ourselves, the more that they will learn from us. They will learn from our action, not from what we tell them. I had to learn that the hard way. But uh, I think that those are a few tips. Like the morning ritual also uh, involves meditation. I do meditation every single day, twenty minutes a day. I uh, I I face my thoughts. I allow the thought to come in and say, okay, why is this thought bothering me? Oh, okay. It's because maybe I never forgave that person who was a, a douchebag, but I'm going to forgive them and I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them. I love you. I forgive you. And I'm going to let it go. You're not going to ruin my day anymore. You're not going to fuck up my days anymore. My days are going to be amazing now because I forgave you and I'm sending love to you because you're a hurt man. You're a hurt woman. And it's okay. Let it go. And then just really let the thoughts come in. Sit in your shit. Face your shit. If you don't, if you don't like it, you know, and if it stinks, I think it's easier though, don't you, for people to face it when they have help from the outside? Um, yeah, no, that's I, I think, I think that that's that's helpful too. 
But I think that if you really go in deep with, with yourself and then just, just really ask yourself, why is this bothering me? Why, why is this person bothering me? Oh, maybe it's something that I did, or maybe it's something that I'm doing. It's a reflection of myself. Okay. So because that person was really rude or was trying to, you know, maybe then this happens a lot with coaches. So maybe ah, they're just trying to sell me or they're just trying to do something. And for me, uh, I, I'm like, wait, I've done that before too. Hmm. So maybe it's like kind of a reflection of myself. So I really have to sit in it and I forgive myself. And I say, unless I forgive you for allowing this thought to even take over your day, to even allow you to consume you for a minute. Cause fuck that. You know, like my minute is very precious. Like I want to make sure that this minute is the best minute of my life because this is really all we have. And really right now, this moment, this very, very moment is all we have. This is it. The, the future, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know, but I really am enjoying this very moment with you right now because this is my life with it. This is our life right now. Yes. Amazing. It's amazing. So yeah. tell me, um, cause there's so many, so many things I know that you are powerful in what you do and, and in the people that you touch and your audience as well. Um, tell me what, if you had a magic wand and you could wave it and heal one issue in your most, like the most important audience that, that follows you, what would it be? Like, well, how would that magic wand affect them? So I, I would like to have the youth see that they are worthy, that, that they, they can see that they are worthy of everything that this world has to offer. And because there's a saying that says uh, it's easier to, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's easier to fix a kid than a broken man. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But when you have these people who have these beliefs instilled, even women, who are really instilled and really engraved in there. I've had sessions with, with women and that it's just too much. I'm thinking, man, they just don't want to change. They are very blind to that. They are the problem and not who they're trying to blame everybody except themselves. They're seeing all the bad in somebody else, but really it's really just you that is the problem. But if we were to just have these kids know that, you are worthy of becoming anything that you want. I remember I gave, when I gave my TED talk in San Jose, I asked a young girl, I asked her, what do you want to be? And then she said, I want to be a lawyer. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound convincing. And then I said, is that what you really want to be? Like, that's, that's your goal? I said, no, well, I would really like to be an artist. I would really be like a, a, a painter. Um, but my parents say that because my cousin is struggling that I'll probably end up struggling myself. So I'm just going to be a lawyer make sure that I have a good job and I make sure that, uh, I'm making uh, the money that I need to make to survive. Not, she didn't say survive, but she said, but just imagine that belief that was instilled in that kid. Right. If we were to say, Hey, you know what? Yeah, I think you can do this. It's possible. You know, yeah, go to school still. And, uh, but follow this dream. That's what you want, because just imagine she's going to be a lawyer. And I have a, a, a client who's a, a lawyer and she's been doing it for 10 years, tired. She doesn't like it anymore. And now she wants to be a coach. But then when she tells her parents that she wants to be a coach, they're like, a coach? What the fuck is that? Like, why would you want to be a coach? We're a family of lawyers. Come on. 
And she says, I've told you more things about my life than I ever have anybody, anybody. And I, I had only been coaching her for what, a few months. And that's the beauty about coaching. You can really talk about your shit. Like really, really what you're feeling because it's completely confidential with my clients. Like I'm very confidential with that. And just, you know, I don't, I, I just take it very seriously. This is my job. This is what I do. And just when I talk with my coach about my stuff, you know, it's, it helps out so much just to like dump all that stuff out. And, uh, and man, you just feel so much better. Sometimes people just need to be heard and or oh, seen. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. And so I think that for me, the youth, that's, that's where it's at. And if we continue to raise these kids the way that we have been doing it for hundreds of years, then, you know, we're going to continue to get narcissistic entitled uh, men and women who feel that they need to blame everybody else except themselves, you know, face your shit. It's not easy. Uh, it'll, it will stink. Yeah. Well, and the youth have fear, right? Like the youth have fear in talking to their parents. Yep. It's, yep. it's that in itself to me seems like a huge pandemic that, that parents and, and their teenagers and little kids, even they don't talk anymore about how was your day? How are you feeling? How are you being treated? Mm -hmm. You know, like, so they're holding these, these feelings and they don't even know how to process because they can't even feel comfortable enough to go to their parents. Yes. Yeah. That is, that's so true. I remember that reminds me of uh, uh, when I went to job corp, I, I this place that I, that I gave a, a presentation at and uh, I then started coaching some of the youth there and the 20 year old kid, he, I was like, so how can I help you today, man? And he's like, how do I feel? And then I said, what, what do you mean? Like, how do you feel? And he's like, how do I learn how to feel again? And I was like, damn, 20 years old. And then we talked about it. And then we were, I was like, when was it? When was the time when you felt like you couldn't feel anymore? And he said, the first thing that came to mind was like, well, I remember when I was five, I was going into my car and I was crying because I was bullied by a lot of the kids. And my dad saw me and he's like, Stop being such a pussy. Shut up. Be a man. man. Boom. Right after that, no emotion. So just imagine for 15 years, a kid that has never been able to talk about his emotions to anybody. That will cause depression. That will cause anxiety. That will cause uh, insecurity, lack of confidence. And with men, it's always expressed in anger and rage. Yeah, well, because there's behind that rage, there's a there's a man that needs to cry, and behind that crying is the little boy that still hasn't been healed. That's why. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have things though that you and you have a partner in business as well too, right? You mm -hmm. guys are planning on addressing some of these things in the upcoming months. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. want to talk about that? Yeah, definitely. So uh, my colleague Enrique Feldman and I, we we are still in, in the works. Uh, we're thinking about doing this uh, this parenting group, and uh, you know, just teaching people how to deal with with uh, fear. And really, it's more of like how to be a better parent. You know, make parenting easier. And it's. It's about you too. We're gonna teach how to be a better you, a better version of yourself. And then also teaching you how to handle certain situations. 
your tone, your facial expressions, your little things that kids, they watch that stuff. They look at you. They're always watching you. They're always, uh, they, even my kid, there have been times that he says, well, you looked at me that way. And I said, looked at you how? Like you were mad? It's like, wow, this guy is smart. Oh, they're so smart. But, and I'm still learning. Shoot, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm, st I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to do this. So, yeah, I love the one my daughter said to me, which I didn't realize because I mean, her and I used to work um, in the same space. Like, I would be doing work on the computer with my clients, and she homeschooled. So, she had her workspace in my office for mm -hmm. many years. Um, and one day she started to work in her own space and came back to me. Um, and I'm, I'm used to her, she, her behind me and me in my space. Right. Well, one day she came to me it was a few years back and she was saying something and I was still working on whatever I was working on. And she suddenly started to get, you could hear it choked up. Mm. You don't listen. And I was like, mm. but I am listening. Then why aren't you looking at me? And I went, oh, crap. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, there's... just the smallest little thing like that, right, that I didn't stop what I was doing and look at her. Just yeah. look at her so that she could be seen. Because yeah. they don't want to just be heard. They want to be seen. They want to be seen. Yep. Yeah. That and was that a big one for me. I was like, oh, how many times do I do that? And then I started to pay attention to it, and I was like, my God, I do that to everybody. And then my dad said something because he's hard of hearing. He's got hearing aids. And when they're not on, if you're not facing him and looking at him, he can't hear you. And so he had said it a couple of times. And he goes, why don't you ever talk to me? I was like, I do talk to you. He goes, no, talk to me. With, you know, look, like, look me in the eye. I'm like, oh, how many times do I actually, I'm so multi tasking all the time i'm not fully present and those were wake-up calls for me especially as a mom you know and a, and a caretaker for my dad because they need to be seen too especially the older ones yeah you're absolutely right that's powerful and that's powerful that you were aware of it not a lot of people are aware of that they don't see oh, that. no she was aware of it i wouldn't have been aware of it had she not said Mom, you never listen to me. And it took me a few minutes to process that. I was like, what did I not do in this? Because I teach communication. I know. <laughs> I teach conscious communication. And here I am with this kid who's a teenager who's going through something, who's saying, you're not listening. You don't ever. And of course, it's always the fatalistic ever. You don't ever listen to me. Ever. Yes. Ever. <laughs> but I've heard, you know, I can repeat back what you said. No, you don't, you know, and I, I had to get up, apologize, and then actually, okay, tell me again. And I held her hands so that she could say it. And I looked her directly in the eyes. And that was where she, you could see the tension in her body. Yeah. Relax. That's power. Yeah. That's so powerful. And and just think about a lot of people, uh, grown people who they just want to be heard and seen. And that's why they act up or they do things that are not they're They're not the right thing. And uh, I know I used to do a lot of bad things that, that were not the right thing, but 
I wanted attention. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be heard. I wanted, I just wanted attention. And that, and then. Well, in the world of social media and cell phones, I watch entire families go out to dinner and none of them have their phones put away. Yep. You know, they'll, they'll like to have two word conversations. Mm -hmm. What are you going to have? I got a waitress that has to wait on those people, right? Yeah. <laughs> it kills to me. But I mean, we do it to our partners. Yeah, true. You know? Yeah. So I think it's important. I think, I think even your parenting, you know, just teaching conscious, kind of conscious, intentional parenting as well to the audience that you have is so powerful because yes, we need to reach the ones parenting the kids so mm -hmm. that kids' lives can change because they can only learn what their parents know. Yeah. But men too, like bravo. I have to say this, Andres, like, you know, there's a lot of men coaches, like a huge amount of, of men coaches that are, but a lot of them are like business coaches. So when I see a, a personal development coach, a transformational coach, that's a man who's actually done that work on himself. Mm -hmm. I'm humbled. Thank and you. Happy. Thanks. So, yeah. You're so sweet. Thank you. No, but it's true. I mean, you know, because there's other guys that will come up under you that you're going to coach and train that are going to be like, take the baton and go help, you know, their, their circle of influence. So I think it's great what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. That's so cool that you said that because uh, that, that reminds me of a, uh, uh, a client that I coached and by me coaching him, he told me, he's like, man, I, I become a better father, a better, uh, a better CEO of my company. And uh, he says that you've, you've helped me make more money because of it. It was not that the marketing and all, it was me that had to change. And, you know, he's, we still have contact, you know, uh, and it's, it's been, it's been such a blessing to work with him too. Cause I've been able to work with his team as well, coach his team because I, it went so well with him that he wanted to bring me to his team. And, you know, he, I did see the transformation in him just the way that he is now. It's, it's, it's amazing. I think you have huge things ahead of you. I really do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what else do you want to share with everybody? You have so much I know in your story in what you're creating right now um, and, and what you offer because you do offer one-on-one -on -one sessions and, you know, what do you want to yeah. share with people in this really strange time we're living through? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's honestly, like you mentioned earlier, find yourself, uh, spend time with yourself. Spend time with your thoughts, journal, get to know yourself better, get to know who you want to become, not what everybody else tells you to become. Because I didn't have values before and I would end up following what other people's values were. And I knew that it wasn't the right thing, but I kept doing it because I wanted to people please. I didn't want to be kicked out of the circle. And when I started writing down my values of the person, the man that I wanted to be, man, it was so life changing. And read those values every day. Read them until you become them and then until you speak them and, and think think them and they go together. And you're gonna be a you're gonna transform in a way that you have never thought possible. And uh, I also want to share with all of you, since uh Bernadette had had me on the show, like I really appreciate that. 
for anybody who is interested in even a, a free session with myself, I would love to give that to anybody listening. If you if you would like for me to you know just help you out if you're if you're dealing with any struggles like this, uh, please feel free to reach out and I would love to help you in any way that I could possibly can uh, because that's that's our purpose. If we and another thing, if we serve. Man, it is so powerful. I remember when I when I lost my job years ago, I went to go serve at a home for the elderly. And uh, in this home for the elderly, I would just talk to these elderly people and these elderly people would always be like, hey, what's up, Andres? They, they felt young because they were talking to a young guy. And sometimes I would do exercise exercises with them. And uh, eventually I even got a job there because I would go there on a regular. I was just going there just to serve because I remember Les Brown saying, if you don't have a job, just go serve. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go serve. I talked to them. They liked me so much. They hired me. They gave me a job. And then I remember, <laughs> I remember this one lady, she was, uh, she was in a wheelchair and she always asked for me. She always wanted me to, to take her because she liked Elvis. And uh, yeah. before I remember we used to hang out in the kitchen and I would be like, I'd be singing, you know, oh, you lonesome tonight. <laughs> I would just a little bit, and she'd be like, Hey, I want Andres. I want Andres to come. And then we'd be, I'd be taking her to the kitchen and she'd be like, Sing the song, and I'll be like, "Are oh, you lonesome today?" <laughs> so funny! Oh my god, those that—that's such a great memory. But uh, so I would talk to these elderly people, and I remember still Wayne. Wayne, he was ninety-two years old, the happiest ninety-two-year-old man ever, walking really slow, and you know, hey, what's up, Wayne? <sighs> Happy to be alive. Happy to be alive. And it, he was always telling me jokes, and I was like, Wayne, why are you like? you're so happy, man. And I said, he said, I did what I loved my whole life. I was a musician my whole life and my family loves me. I'm a very happy man. And, and then what one, oh man, I could go on and on. Like I have so many stories, but there's one in particular man, Dan, I remember that he, uh, and this wasn't like during Thanksgiving. I, I still remember one day he told me, Andres, like, you know, you've been such a blessing in my life. And there was a pastor there as well. And he said, both of you have kept me alive. Like uh, your company has kept me alive. Just you coming in here talking about Starsky and Hutch, my police days and all this stuff has kept me alive because he didn't, he had one family member and never visited him and, uh, and me just visiting him. And he told me, you know, I really appreciate you. You know, I feel like you're the son that I never had because he never had kids. And so oh. he, I call you son. He'd be like, Hey, there's my son. And he had an accent. He was a really funny guy. And uh, I remember he was crying. I, I remember I was crying too, because, he really touched my heart, just what he said, you know, just by me being there for him. And then I remember uh, him telling me about like his regrets. He never really did what he wanted to do because he cared too much about what people thought and said about him. And I think that's a lot of people that happens. And I remember in it was in January, I was walking past the hallway and I noticed that his uh, room was empty and there was a cleaning lady there. And I went in there and I said, hey, where's Dan? And she's like, I'm sorry, Dan passed away this morning. Oh. And and I got really sad. I was crying. And I said, man, it's so sad how this man, you know, you know, I was really sad that he passed away, but it was even more sad that this man, you know, he had so much potential. I saw so much greatness in him, but he never used it. Why? Because of fear, the fear of what people might think or say about him. And I told myself, you know what, this is going to motivate me and inspire me to continue moving forward towards that goal, that dream, that desire that I have. And I'm, I, I feel for him, but, you know, I, I, I have to do something with my life, too. And I think how many people, 
you know, go to their graves, like with the idea, like, man, I wish I could write a book. I wish I could be a motivational speaker. I wish I could be a singer, an actor. You don't have to be famous, man. Just do the shit, you know, just do, be a drummer, be a singer. Try. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Just try and don't let somebody's opinion of you become your reality. The most important opinion of you is your own. And if you allow somebody's opinion to take over you, then you will always be following everybody else and what they're doing. Be the leader. Take the lead, man. You're a badass, whoever you are. Yep. The affirmation that we have in my class, Charm Life, my coaching program, that I always teach everybody, and it's our it's our mantra. I don't care what you think. What you think is none of my business. Uh, it yeah. not affect my next move. Heck yeah. I love that your one. Freedom. I mean, you, you can think what you want, but it's not my business. And it's not going to affect me. Still 100%. moving forward. 100%. Sometimes you got to fail forwards too. Absolutely. Yeah. I love you know? I don't think anything's as bad as what we fear it to be. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. You know, we, we like Seneca said, we suffer more in our minds than we do in reality. And it's because of the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. We fear that we might lose something. We fear we might have to work hard or we might have to change. But through that fear, through that change, through those losses, through those challenges, that's when you grow. You know, you got to you have to struggle to grow. If you never had a struggle in your life and you feel entitled and you feel like everything's owed to you, then that's why you're not moving forward because you think you're entitled to everything and you're not. You're yeah, growing. Isn't comfortable. We're not motivated to grow when we're comfortable. Oh yeah, the comfort zone ooh, is a very scary place. Yeah, well, fear keeps people rooted there, chained there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, well, nice. I want to thank you for coming on. Um, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Talking. Can you say your website for people to find you that are listening to the podcast? Yeah. I know absolutely. you do lots of vid your own videos and you share a lot out there on your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, I believe in myself.org. You can check out my website and then you can also, you know, send me a friend request if you want on Facebook, Andres Ruiz. And, uh, you know, I also have my page, I believe in myself. And then I believe in myself, Espanol which is for Spanish uh, speakers. And uh, yeah, if, if, like I said, if you're interested in a uh, free session uh, to help you with a strategy for that big vision that you desire, that you've been holding off for weeks, months, years, decades, maybe, uh, we will work on that and then eliminate the fear that is stopping you from taking action. And then we're also gonna work on energy so that you can have 100% energy to follow that goal, that dream, that desire and find your life's purpose. That's awesome. And amazing. So thank you. And thank you, everybody who's listening. Make sure you like and subscribe to the page for upcoming interviews. Um, I want to clap, like, just because I think you're an amazing human being. And, and the way that we connected and met was synchronistically um, <laughs> the way that happened, too. And I don't believe that there's ever coincidences. So I'm grateful. And I can't wait to see what you are creating and i'll bring you back you know you're welcome to come back at any time and yeah share with, with the audience as well so yeah. all right you guys make sure that you hit the bell button leave a comment um and share the podcast awesome. all right abandon fear and trust yourself open up to all life's wealth Tap 
into a sixth sense with intuitive intelligence.